you're probably familiar with the age-old saying, it takes two to tango. And in this week's episode of the Scary Spirits podcast, I Walked with a Zombie, lots of people seem to forget that pesky little two part. Poor evil Jessica gets all the blame for destroying a family just for being too beautiful. Mama Ran can't handle her rage response and acts out totally inappropriately. Perhaps she should have taken a look closer to home at her two very different, very competitive sons. Let's be honest, there's lots of blame to go around in this one. I guess the ultimate bottom line might just be, don't piss off Mama. Cheers! Welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast. Please be advised that the presenters may use adult language and or discuss adult situations. This podcast is not intended for younger listeners or those that may be easily offended. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hi, everyone. I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Karen. And welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast, the podcast that combines the two very different but highly compatible worlds of scary films and alcoholic spirits. What could possibly go wrong? Indeed. How are you, Karen? I'm doing great. How are you, Greg? I'm good. Thank you for asking. It is what we do. I am a little stressed, though, because we're only, you know, Three weeks to Halloween, <laughs> or less than two, less than three weeks. Yeah, it's coming quick. It is. Most people get excited. You just dread because you have so much to do. I do. It's funny because you love it. I don't really. But the holiday <laughs> you love, you know, like you're into Halloween, but the prep work you have to do for your yard haunt is a little overwhelming. It is, Karen. I'm hoping that once again, this year on the, you know, the night of nights, I will say, ah, that's what makes it all worth it. But we'll see. <laughs> Usually does. The kids love it. Your we'll neighborhood see. kids would be disappointed if you didn't do it. We will see, Karen. But enough small talk. I believe this film was your choice, was it? Was it not? It was. And what film have you chosen for us this week? I chose the 1943 movie, I Walked with a Zombie. Any reason you chose that film, Karen? Solely because it's October and it's Halloween. Not because it's one of Dr. Craig's favorites? <laughs> no. Is that his name? But that's yeah. a bonus. And apparently Robin Wood's favorites, who he uses as a text book. He makes all of his poor students watch this film and write a paper about it, Karen. <laughs> Dr. Craig does? Yeah, isn't that what he does? Well, it's only an hour long. It is. But I felt like I was a student rushing to watch it and write a paper before it was due <laughs> the next morning, Karen. I'm just saying. And then the printer won't work. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sometimes we're very well prepared for these things. Sometimes it, time just gets away from us and we're not as well prepared. And if you don't know who Dr. Craig is, go back and listen to the Wicked Ramblings. Featuring Dr. Craig. He teaches a class on horror films. Yes. And this film is a very important movie in his class, apparently, from what I remember. 
Right, Karen? Sure. I believe he brought it up several times when we were interviewing him. There's probably a lot of symbolism that I missed then. Well, some of it kind of hits you over the head. But anyway, do you have a cocktail for us, Karen, for this film? I do. And what would that be? It is the very elegant black margarita. Go on. How would we make that? You're going to need Blanco tequila, one and a half ounces, half an ounce of Contral or other orange liqueur, one ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, one dash of orange bitters, half an ounce of maple syrup or simple syrup or agave, and one activated charcoal capsule with some ice cubes. And you are going to, you can make your own black salt or you can cheap out like I did and buy it on Amazon to rim your glass. So you're going to add the tequila, contral, lime juice, orange bitters, and your sugar. So your syrup, agave, or simple syrup into a cocktail shaker. Add a little of the activated charcoal powder and shake, 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 and then pour it into your glass, which is rimmed with the black salt. You can add ice to your glass and enjoy. That's what it said too, and ice. Yeah, it paired does. ice with glass. Yes. So I did. So I, I do have a margarita glass, Karen, but it's black. So <laughs> Well, that would have worked perfectly. <laughs> it would have. Hindsight being what it is, it would have worked per- perfectly because then you would say, oh, that looks black. But, yes. But boys and girls, I cannot find activated charcoal in the time allotted. So I tried to make my own black food coloring and it's more green. It's a dark green, but you can play around with I the food to, coloring. Yeah, I tried to add more blue than green, but it's hard to do when you're like dealing with just like a little, little tiny bit of food coloring and you're stirring it up in a shot glass and you're like, looks black to me. <laughs> and you put it into like a big glass of water and it's like, oh shit, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good for the creature from the Black Lagoon or something. That it would looks- be. And as a side note, activated charcoal will, it will hinder some medications. So if you're taking And I'm on a lot of medication, Karen, just so you know, (laughs) if you didn't know already. So you want to be careful with that. You can find it in in most health food stores. I got mine on Amazon. I plan to make make a cake with it. Yeah. Apparently, like Kroger said they had it when I got there. Like, nope, sorry. Not available at the moment. When I when I looked, you know, a couple of days before, it did say low quantity. So maybe there was a rush on yes. activated charcoal. <laughs> well, it is Halloween. And then Meyer, oh, sorry, not available at this moment in the store. It said it was available it, at Walmart, but I'm not going there. <laughs> it's an impressive drink, I think, color-wise. It's a nice Halloween drink, which is the only reason I chose it. It has absolutely nothing to do with the movie, although it has simple syrup in it and there is sugar cane in the movie, but that's a stretch. I literally just chose it because I thought it would be a cool one to have in our recipe den for people for their Halloween parties. And I thought about maybe on the way home, I thought, wow, maybe I bet GNC would have it, but where is there a GNC store now near me, Karen? I don't know. They <laughs> they haven't been around for a while, I don't think. But maybe Whole Foods or but yeah, if, yeah, Trader Joe's you, or something like that. True. If you if you I could have got on on Amazon, like if I would have just pulled the trigger a couple of days ago when I was looking at it, I would have been here by now. So it said it 
people think it aids with digestion and and such. Yes. I, I don't know about any of that stuff. I do know that it, it sounds colors like voodoo everything. to me, Karen. Yes, it does give a nice pitch black color to cakes and frostings and things, and it doesn't change the taste, but, but it does interfere with. Yes, there is the medication thing. Yes, so and you that, have to be careful. And that was a warning that they even mentioned where you found the recipe. Yes. All right. Should we? But give it's our... cool looking. So you know, if you if you can drink it, if you're not feeble like Greg and on, you're not on a ton of medications, then hey, go for it. I'm drinking my charcoal infused margarita. And you're way older than me, Karen. I know. Lifestyle choices, Greg. <laughs> Knock All on right. wood, because that's gonna that's karma's gonna come after me for that. All right. Should we give our friends and listeners time to make their own? Black margarita. Of course. Hold on. And we're back. Yes, we are. Karen, might you have a brief synopsis for us? I do. Go on, tell all of us a story about zombies. Canadian nurse Betsy is hired to care for Jessica, a woman on a Caribbean sugar plantation who has a bizarre condition. The mysterious affliction baffles Betsy, but when she falls for Jessica's husband, Paul, she's determined to make him happy by curing his wife. However, in her quest, Betsy is drawn into the island's dark culture of voodoo and zombies and begins to uncover the Holland family's sinister secrets. Thank you, Karen, for that brief synopsis. A pretty good one. It is. The only thing that would have made it better if it said Betsy, who had fallen in love with her husband at first sight. <laughs> That's the only thing that would have made it better. It's only an hour long. We ain't got time. You know, True. for foreplay or anything. <laughs> we need the plot to move along. All right. Karen, anything? What did you really enjoy of this film? What did you like? Anything you were pleasantly surprised by? What are its pluses? What would you say would recommend this film? I think there must have been some sort of fascination at this time with voodoo. There are quite a few movies in this time frame that explore voodoo. I think there is still a fascination with it. I think there are still TV shows and movies and it's an unknown to a lot of people. And I think it's something that causes them fear without a lot of gore or anything else. Um, so I think it's a good topic. I think there are some excellent twists in it that you don't see coming. At least I didn't. I did realize after watching it that I had seen it before. Oh, so you have seen it. Yes. And I, when I saw it, I remembered the twists. For being only an hour long, I think there are some decent personal relationships. There's some decent drama going on that we find out about in a rather odd way, sort of. But there's a lot going on in that hour. They cram a lot in, I think. And going back to what you said about voodoo being a fascination, we did do the voodoo woman, but that was 1957, Karen. So it was quite a bit after this. Did kind of have the same feel, I guess. It did have but, a very similar feel. But different. 
This is better than that one. It's done. It's done better. It's filmed better. It's it's better. This one. Is yeah, there's better. some nice shadow work in this one. I think. I think the acting was good. I didn't have a problem with any of the actors in it. The sets were good. I do love the clothes. You know, it's the 40s, so I'm all over that. What about you? Did you like anything about it? I like the story. That's it? <laughs> no, and I liked kind of every time. There was a few twists in it, twists and turns, and I like those. I, I enjoyed the sibling rivalry, Karen, even though I don't have siblings. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I don't know. I think there's a lot of different types of family dynamics, but I could see where this kind of I mean, we can say it. Two men were in love with the same woman, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, and then she chose. And, she and did I think not... it even adds more that they were half brothers and not. Right. So there's there's that dynamic there that adds some drama. And if you had siblings or half siblings, I think you'd be like, yeah, could happen. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and it would be something that would tear a family apart if that did happen. Well, I, I can only relate to it because I had friends who, you know, we were almost as close as brothers <laughs> and we often fell for the same girls. So I can relate from that standpoint. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. And it would be difficult to remain. It really wasn't close. <laughs> it depends on it depends on the dynamic. And maybe it's because we were friends and not siblings in the same house. Maybe that helped. I don't know. Well, you wouldn't see and hear everything because you weren't in the same house. That's true. That is true. You didn't know what was going on, either one of you, when you were sneaking out and doing whatever. That's true, Karen. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it. (laughs) But that adds another layer to it, I think. And I don't know how many zombie movies. Yeah, it would be more difficult if, you know, the girl was calling. Oh, (laughs) sorry. I want to talk to. Yes. (laughs) Your brother. Let me talk to your brother. Yeah, that wouldn't be cool. But why does the phone keep ringing and somebody hang up every time I answer it? <laughs> you know that can't be good either. All right, I agree. It was was well shot. It does not come across it's, as a cheap. Just film. like I said, it's so much better than Voodoo Woman, which came fifteen years later. Is that what I something like that? That one's definitely a B movie, though. It is, but I. I Probably shot like guarantee one, the, the you know, budget wasn't much different. You know, granted, it's 15 years later, but still. I think this one took itself seriously. I don't think Voodoo Woman took itself seriously. Okay. I think it was a little more camp, a little more True. over the this, top. This, yeah, I agree. This, this one was very serious about social issues. <laughs> it, it had, it was trying to say something. It had a purpose, I think. It, you know what I mean? Felt like it did. Yeah. Right, anything you didn't like or enjoy? It's hard to say without knowing a lot about voodoo. If come on, Karen, watching something voodoo. <laughs> if there, if watching something like this would be offensive, like if it's broken down, mm. I don't know. You know, I have yeah. no idea how the at religion the time is, or yeah, whatever, or, or how even the religion now, is betrayed. You know, I don't. They don't really talk about it being a religion, but it is a religion, really. Yeah, it's a mix of a lot of religions together, but I don't know. So I don't know if that was handled well or not. I kind of like the way they handled it. I think they tried. 
to be respectful. Oh, I think they did a good job. You know, and they showed the. um, I didn't kind of kind of alluded to the Christians coming in and changing things. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of Christianity in voodoo. There's a lot of Catholic Catholicism, actually. Um, I think. Well, why do you think that is, Karen? Well, right. So they could keep (laughs) practicing. Absolutely. I think they're showing the class differences. It's it's still hard to watch a little bit. Everyone seemed to be treated well. It's probably harder to watch now than it was in 1943. Yes, I would. I would agree. So, you know, but I think I guess that's a good thing. Right. In general. Yes. For the time, I think they tried to be current and respectful and not demeaning. You know, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm not sure they pulled it off. I think the only thing I really didn't like about it, and you kind of alluded to it, is it's only about an hour and six minutes. And, you know, of course, everyone falls in love immediately. And I think a lot of time has passed through the movie, though. I don't think it's even though they did fall in love immediately, according to her. The first day. (laughs) Yes. But I think that the movie takes place over several weeks, at least. I didn't get that feeling. Because the doctor at one point says, I'll be back in a few days to check on her. And it just, and then they do, you know, they do a proceed, they do different things. So I think it does take time, but there's not a lot going on. I don't know how to explain it. A lot happens, but then in some ways, not a lot happens. It's all very black and white in some ways. You know, this happened. It's not ever until the end, you find out a few things, but. I don't know. It's pretty light work until the end. It is. Do you think it's a horror film or a drama? It's kind of a horror film. I think they're introducing zombies. I mean, the mother well, basically says she did. Not she what did it. most people think of zombies, but. Well, you have to start somewhere. Zombie. Yes, you have to start somewhere. Okay. That was my, I was thinking, is this a horror film? If you believe there that are hor- she was a zombie, elements in it, right? Yeah. But if you believe she was a zombie, and they take a few steps to tell you that she was, well, she's. Well, def- depends on what you define as a zombie, right? Well, back then she doesn't bleed. No. So she's already dead. basically she's brain dead, more or less. <laughs> she breathes and her heart beats, but that's pretty much it. But she can't She's walk. Mindless. She walks and stuff. They call yeah. her mindless, but I don't think you could. Well, I don't know. But yeah. she doesn't bleed. So she's basically a zombie. And there's. For heart's beating, Karen, she's going to bleed. I don't care what they said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't Dr. know. Dr. Karen. So I would say that introducing that type of character makes it a horror film. I'm just defending whether it's a horror film or not. I'm not defending they are calling her a zombie though yeah living and dead at the same time but there's i don't know there's no threat to anyone else you know what i mean no there's not you're right it doesn't appear to be except for wesley apparently (laughs) that's love that does that it must be true love karen that's all Mm -hmm. i can say you're right the only threat is that this power exists and can be used. 
but it's not like anyone's coming after yeah, anyone it's specifically. It's true. If you really like think about it. That's the only, you know, don't piss off the voodoo queen. Right. Anything else? No, I, I liked it. It's a fine, it's a fine film. It it's was. easy to watch. I wasn't mad. Yeah. There's nothing. You don't roll your eyeballs at anything or tap your fingers. Like, why is this taking so long? Or, I mean, you were in a hurry. So I checked, I checked once to see how much time was left, I think. But more because you were on a deadline than. Yes. Yes, I got to get this paper written. I got to watch this movie, (laughs) write this paper, and turn it into Dr. Craig (laughs) in 20 minutes. (laughs) All right. What kind of cocktail rating do you want to give it, Karen? Um, I'd say it's a three. I don't think there's anything that you would expect to be in it that isn't in it. It's a 1940s film. It's an hour long, I think. There's a couple startle scares. There are a couple twists and turns. There's drama. I mean, it has, it doesn't have blood. No, zero. You know, so there's no gore. Zero. But there's a little creepiness in it. No nudity either, Karen. There's drinking. But this was, you know, this was after, you know, this is not pre-code or anything. So there may have been, it would have been five years earlier, Karen. (laughs) There's lots of flimsy nightgowns, but you don't see anything. No, you don't. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad you said three. I would thought we were going to have a little. I thought you might go for two, but I agree. It's three. No, it's a three to me. As a more educated film person, it might be a two for reasons that, you know, are evident to them that aren't to me. There's probably a shit ton of symbolism and, you know, probably it's one of the very first zombie films and all of those things. But as just a person watching the movie, it's, it's not the first zombie film. No, it's not, but it's an, I believe we'll be doing that one. That's my next one. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned boys and girls to find out what that is. Way to blow the surprise, Greg. Well, they don't know. Could be anything here. No, it can't. It's the first zombie film. It can't be anything. It's one. <laughs> yeah, we think our audience is going to go out and Google what was the first zombie film. <laughs> they might. <laughs> That's our audience. They'll still have to listen to find out what cocktail you picked. True. It would be a big jump to find that out. <laughs> yes. You went way out on a limb on that one, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three cocktails. I did find one review of the time, Karen. Excellent. Critics Corner, what do you got? From the New York Times, April 22nd, 1943. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's basically just two paragraphs or one long on. Horror pictures are enjoying a peculiar popularity the country over at the moment according to box office statistics. So it seems reasonable to assume that RKO has a safe bet in I Walked With a Zombie, which opened yesterday to a packed house at the Rialto and, at one point, drew a horrified scream from a woman patron. It's just like the days of old, way back. I'm I'm embellishing here. (laughs) Way back 10 years ago, when the bat and the gorilla were scaring audiences out of their wits and Frankenstein's monster was making the night hideous for children and the more impressionable oldsters. 
with its voodoo rites and perambulating zombie. I walked with a zombie probably will please a lot of people, but to this spectator at least, it proved to be a dull, disgusting exaggeration of an unhealthy, abnormal concept of life. Karen. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? If the Hayes office feels it has a duty to protect the morals of moviegoers by protesting the use of such expressions as hell and damn and purposeful dramas like in which we serve and we are the Marines, then how much more important is its duty to safeguard the youth of the land from the sort of stuff and nonsense that their minds will absorb from viewing I Walked with a Zombie? He was not happy. Yeah, but as I'm reading it, I'm reminded that this is 1943. And I think he's protesting because it's World War II. Oh. And the movies he mentioned, I've not seen, but I feel like they're war films or maybe even propaganda films that may have been um, the Hayes Code or whatever, which was the motion picture rating system that they was self-imposed rating system at the time, like after the pre-code. Where they, you know, wouldn't let you say hell or damn, apparently. So he's mocking that realism isn't allowed, but yes. this fantasy stuff is. Yeah. You're going to pollute the minds of our young people with this kind of garbage. Gotcha. When there's a war going on and you won't, you know, That's I can see that. Yeah. But uh, you can also see the reason that you might want to escape from that for a while. True. And actually, now I think about it, I'm kind of surprised that there's not more of a propaganda field of this, actually, but there isn't. So there's no, you know. They're not even from the United States, any of them. No. Well, yeah, I guess not. I mean, once, I think they're from Holland and one. Went to school well, in the States and one, one went did. to school in England. Yeah. And Betsy's from Canada. Yeah. As so you I'm said just... in your synopsis. So maybe that was purposeful, trying to stay away. Maybe. But so now I have to ask. So I read that this is kind of, it's based on a work by Inez Wallace, Karen, which I, I jumped, saw that jumped right out at me. And, but I didn't. Did you look it up? No. And Jane Eyre, apparently. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, you'll have to explain that to me. Because have you read Jane Eyre? Karen. Isn't that the one where... It... <laughs> The husband has the crazy wife locked up in the attic. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. And falls for the governess who comes. Yeah. Jane Eyre is the heroine. And I guess she falls in love with Mr. Rochester, the master of the Thornfield Hall or something. Yeah. And she, he has a wife who's insane. Or, you know. Yeah. Eventual husband of Jane Eyre. Burns the whole place down and. Okay. Are you ready to get into it? There is. That actually reminds me of one more thing that I didn't like about the movie. And it doesn't, it's not that big a deal, but at the, and I don't want to spoil it, but at the very end, there's a voiceover that blames the woman for everything and says, and the man who, who followed her. Yeah. Like she, she was, was an evil. evil woman. She had evil in her blood. She was all the things. True. And it was, it's the voice of a local, like an island. Yes. Yes. And it's all her fault because she misled this poor man. True. You know? So I was like, well, that's a little not true, but I thought that was an interesting 
I was kind of put off by that at the end. Like, why was it all her fault? You know, the poor man couldn't help it. He just didn't, you know. He was tricked by her evil ways. Yes, her evil ways. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just I didn't see. I mean, we don't see that. We don't know if she's evil or not. We don't know anything about her. Could have been she was evil. Who knows? Could have, but takes two to tango. So she could have been evil. Apparently, she she was making eyes at her husband's brother. (laughs) Yeah, but if you know, he was a willing partner. They were making eyes at each other. She wasn't doing it alone. We don't know that, Karen. I'm just saying. We do, because he was in love with her. But maybe she made eyes at him. People can make eyes at... I could make eyes at Jason Momoa, but I don't think he's going to fall in love with me. I can make eyes at a lot of people, but it won't matter. They won't see me. Are you ready to get into it? Wait, I think you're implying that everyone you've ever made eyes at has fallen in love with you. (laughs) No. Teach me your ways. I don't remember Greg. even making eyes at anybody. Well, you did, I'm sure. Not with a serious intent behind it. <laughs> you just said that you did it with girls that your best friend was with. I never said I made eyes with them. Well, then I don't want to know what you did because right, it's you're probably. Putting, you're just putting words in my mouth, Karen, what you're doing. Oh, it was all her. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Good to know we have so much power, ladies. <laughs> Aaron, you know, ladies have all the power. Mm. <laughs> all right, are you ready to get into it? Sure. I Walked with a Zombie from 1943. Did you watch this on Amazon Prime or some other platform, Karen? Did you find no. it for free somewhere? I did not. Amazon Prime. First thing we see, it's an RKO radio picture yet again. And it's rated 13 plus, apparently, Karen. No other warnings. I guess the other one would be alcohol use. Yeah, that's the only real one. And maybe frightful scenes. They don't, they don't even smoke, Mm-mm. which is odd. I it was I odd. think about it. <laughs> I, I and noticed... you would think, well, that you would think, well, they don't smoke because it's mostly doctors and nurses and stuff, but they totally smoked. My doctor smoked like a oh, chimney yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, they yeah, all they smoked. All did. And then there's credits. And then at the end of the credit, end of the credits, there's a little thing I saw real quick and then I rewound and watched again so I could write it down. It says the characters and events depicted in this photo play are fictional. Any similarity to actual persons living, dead, or possessed is purely coincidental. Did you, you see know that? It, yes, I did. So you know it's, it's serious. Possessed was italicized, so that's I think what jumped out at me. Yes, I think, and the credits come up, and I did see that Sir Lancelot is in this. It is he was in the credits, Sir Lancelot, a character? No, an actor. I I don't know what it was, but it does say based on a story by Inez Wallace, but I didn't look that up. I did not either. We have a narrator female narrator who we learn is betsy i guess and she talks about how she walked with a zombie she, i remember it like it was yesterday yes. <laughs> it's a flashback and she said if anyone had mentioned it to me a year ago i wouldn't even have known what a zombie was then we see betsy being interviewed for a job question mark i wrote 
interviewer interviewer ask if she is single, Karen. I don't think that would fly today. <laughs> no. And if she believes in witchcraft. And we and don't she... don't know. I don't know. I didn't know what job she was applying for, but apparently we learn it's in the West Indies and And we know she's a nurse. Oh, and I didn't. we see well, because she says they didn't teach that at Memorial Hospital, meaning mm. the witchcraft. So Okay. And it's snowing like crazy outside the window. I didn't notice that either. <laughs> oh, and she's in some really nice, a really nice coat, some nice clothes. I noticed so that. When, she looked pretty good. Yeah. And so he's interviewing her and it's a job in the West Indies. And he's like, you know, sit under a palm tree, go swimming, take some baths. It can't be you all know. bad. Sunbathes. Sunbathes. Yes. Take some baths in the sun, he says. And Right then, it's like, oh, my God, there's basically a blizzard outside. Anyone who's saying you could go sit under a palm tree, you it's very enticing in that situation. Then we cut on the boat on the way to the West Indies, apparently, and she meets Paul. Paul's a fun sponge. He is. I don't think she knows that Paul's Paul, though, right? Like, Paul's I think gonna, she does. Is her boss. You think, think she does? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's taking what I her. So she, because she I says, wrote, let me tell you what she says. Okay, I on. met Mr. Holland in, in Antigua, and then we boarded the boat together for St. Sebastian. Okay. Here's where I wrote. Paul is a bit of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he says, everything good dies here, even the stars, as they see a shooting star or whatever. Because she's looking, you know, because, you know, you can see all there's no... Well, especially then, there was no light pollution. Right. <laughs> you see all the stars. And and I wrote, she seems to like him, though. <laughs> I know. Because he's like, she's looking at the stars. She's thinking how beautiful it all is. And he comes in and he's like, you know, the flying fish aren't jumping for joy. They're jumping in fear because bigger <laughs> fish are trying to eat them. The water gleams not because of glitter, but because of dead bodies putrescence he says so it, it was just like whoa dude he is definitely a i said he's a real uplifter wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but she does she digs him right away i thought so. so then betsy they land and she takes a carriage to where she is going but not with paul and her carriage driver though tells her all about the people that were brought there to be slaves by the holland family they brought the color folks to the island for misery. And then we arrive at Fort Holland. On the carriage ride, he does tell her about tea misery. I don't know. Do you know what the tea in front of names is? I you tried to find it and I couldn't find it. And I'm sure it's part of the language, but I couldn't find it. But every man in the village, they before they say his name, they say tea. Hmm. And tea misery is the man that lives at Fort Holland, but there's an arrow stuck in him and he has a weeping look on his face. But it turns out it was the figurehead on the boat yes. that arrived there, but was full of slaves, apparently. And now it's a fountain in the garden. Well, it's St. Sebastian. Yes, it is. So St. Sebastian, he was martyred in the third century by being shot with arrows, but he miraculously survived the execution. That's why he's shown with arrows. And it says this event highlights his physical strength and ability to endure suffering, making him an ideal patron saint for athletes, 
who also have to push their physical limits to achieve success. I don't think the island of St. Sebastian exists, or at least I couldn't find it. Well, they mentioned another island in the film that does exist. Yes, but I don't think this one did. Okay. So then they get to Fort Holland and Betsy meets Wesley, the half-brother of Paul. And he's delightful compared to Paul. He is, but... He's a playboy, kind of, it seems like. He kind of explains the family dynamic, how they're half-brothers and Paul's father died and mom remarried and had me, blah, blah, blah. Well, and they, he says, what a great woman his mother is. She says, well, you're American. And he says, well, I went to school in Buffalo and my brother went to school in England. I can tell you he does not have a Buffalonian accent <laughs> from having many relatives there. But he does sound American and his brother does sound British. I wonder if those actors are those nationalities and they just I'm sure they are. that. But they made that happen. Or if that's actually in the book or the story to make them okay, even the guy more who different. played Paul is a British film actor. Guy who played Wesley is an American film actor. So. Well, I know, but I'm saying in the story, did they, oh. was that in the original source material, as we like to call it, to make okay. them more different, like England versus America, half brothers. Like the next thing that. I wrote is sibling rivalry question mark. Cause you get right away. There's, there's yeah, I think Paul is the older the brother. Yes. And Wesley's kind of the fun loving. We all know that Paul's a fun sponge and Wesley. So their personalities are very different. Their educations now are very different too. Though that I wrote, there's jungle drums going on in there too, but. Well, he says, Wesley says that's means that it's the end of the day. They don't have a whistle. They have drums. Yeah. So. And the sh- sugar syrup is about ready to be poured which means Wesley has to go to the factory. I didn't write it down, but doesn't Paul walk in right there and Wesley says, oh, I'm about to go to the mill. Like, Because Wesley whatever. was, when the drums go, Wesley's like, oh, I guess I have to go to the mill, but one more drink with the yeah. beautiful Betsy. And then Paul walks in and he's like, I'm out. Oh, he knows. I got to go. <laughs> yep. He doesn't want to get in trouble. Paul's here. Fun next- bunch has arrived. Well, someone's got to, you know, run things, Karen. You've just listened to half of this week's episode. Are you loving it? If so, can you do us a big favor and leave a review wherever you listen? Reviews help us grow the podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for your support. Now let's get back to the good stuff. So then we see Betsy going to bed. And she sees a woman walking in the garden through her window. Well, she gets ready for bed, but doesn't get in, in it and looks out her window and then sees the woman in the flowing white nightgown. And then while she's sleeping, she wakes to someone crying. She goes to investigate. And I wrote, she's followed by the woman she saw earlier. So she goes into the tower and starts going up the stairs. And I couldn't tell if she was following the woman in white or the woman in white was following her. It was kind of yes. hard to tell, but there's some nice shadow work in there. She was following, trying to follow the crying or the sobbing. And yes, but the woman is in white is not the one sobbing. So no, she's just walking aimlessly. So she of. comes towards her and Betsy screams and then runs away. And then Paul comes in and stops 
who I now know as Jessica. And we learned apparently the crying she heard was Alma's sister. And Alma's yeah. one of the sis- one of the servants. Yes. Alma's sister was brought a Burthen. Then we learn about the St. Sebastian Fountain and a little bit of the history of slavery. Yes, it's a figure of St. Sebastian, but was once the figurehead of a slave ship. And that's where all the slaves came from, to misery and the pain of slavery. (laughs) So they weep when a child is born and make merry at burials because life on this island is so miserable for them still. Then we see Betsy receiving breakfast in bed. And yeah, right here's Alma. where we, yeah, we learned that she's, I didn't know it at this point, but I learned it here that she's Jessica's nurse. Oh, they and... kind of mention it when they're talking because they say, well, you're not going to start your work until tomorrow. I, I thought they said it. Okay. And then we learned that Jessica got sick and went mindless. Alma says it's like dressing a great big doll. And we see Paul talking to Betsy and he's, I guess he's saying he wasn't, I guess she's not what he expected. He's kind of called her on the carpet and said, you know, calls her being a scared little girl. Yeah. This isn't a position for a frightened girl. And he says, you know, she says, I'm not frightened. And he says, well, that's not what I saw last night. And again, he's he's kind of a jerk. You know, I mean, I would assume that seeing Jessica in the dark. He's practical. Matter of fact. Mm, Okay. But she says the tower is an eerie place and it's so dark and he wants to know if she's afraid of the dark. And he's, she says, well, I was when I'm a child, when I was a child, but I'm not now. So, you know, what fear of the dark is called. I know it's an Iron Maiden song, Karen. I knew, I knew you were going to get that reference in there. <laughs> Nyctophobia is an extreme fear of the dark. The name comes from the Greek word for night. Children and adults with nyctophobia may fear being alone in the dark. How common is it? It's very common, especially among children. Researchers estimate that nearly 45% of children have an unusually strong fear of some kind, and fear of the dark is one of the most common fears among kids between 6 and 12 years old. I think it's because they can see what we can't in the dark. Probably. They have open minds. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. They can see the shadow people looking at them (laughs) nyctophobia okay then betsy meets dr maxwell and as soon as i saw the name dr maxwell maxwell silver silver hammer came came into my head (laughs) maxwell edison majoring in medicine (laughs) but he says to betsy she makes a beautiful zombie doesn't Mm -hmm. she he calls her a zombie he does He explains she had tropical fever and portions of her spinal cord were burned out. That's what he says. And she is unable to speak, but can follow simple commands. He thinks of her as a sleepwalker who never wakes up. They just keep her comfortable with a light diet and some exercise. She can never be cured, or at least he's never heard of a cure. And then he hands her a bunch of notes for her to follow. Yeah, she asked for her dietary restrictions and whatnot but then we see paul asking betsy if she thinks of herself as beautiful and charming and he tells her not to yeah don't (laughs) think of yourself as beautiful that's just disaster for you and everyone around you i was like rude (laughs) disastrous then i guess betsy has the day off the next day and 
she goes into town and she meets Wesley there and he's in town too because apparently it's his day off too and he begins showing her around not that there's much to do but they do find a bar Karen yes they do (laughs) or at least one restaurant that serves alcohol and I wrote here she is very observant she knows exactly how much rum Wesley has had (laughs) (laughs) Well, she is, and she's drinking tea or coffee. She is a coffee cup, and he's drinking shots. And he says, bring me another. I think it's shots, but she knows exactly how much, how many ounces of rum is in every one. Yes, because when he says, bring me another, I have to entertain her. And she says, well, I must be awfully hard to entertain if it requires six ounces of rum. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. And then a local starts singing a folk song about the Hollands. But it's a present. It's about the present Hollands. Yes. And Wesley seems very annoyed or whatever. and Trying to talk over it, but they're singing about how the wife fell in love with the brother and then all the trouble started. <laughs> yes. And then one, another man goes up to the guy who's playing the folk song and he's like, oh, shit, I didn't know. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't see him come in. How would you like that? You're on a first date and the, what do they call those bandoliers? Who, who sings like that? I don't know, but comes up and starts singing about your last relationship and how ridiculously awful and complicated it was. So the man comes up and apologizes to Wesley. He tells him it's just an old song he picked up, Karen. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know where. Wesley is very upset and tells him, get away. I said, good day. Well, as you would. Yeah. Ruining his chances. Then Wesley warns Betsy about Paul and his use of words, I wrote. Yes, he really likes the word beautiful. He uses the English language like other men use their fists or something, he says, doesn't he? Then Wesley passes out, apparently. Betsy tries to wake him. And the man is like singing more additional verses. About Betsy. (laughs) And coming close to her. So he starts singing the rest of the song about how the brother and the wife wanted to leave, but then the wife fell down because the other brother said no, and evil came. And then he starts singing about the young nurse and how the brothers are lonely. (laughs) And the whole time he's singing, he's walking towards her, staring at her. Staring at her. And invading her personal space. That was one of the creepiest parts of the whole movie. Felt like a warning. Yeah, he's trying to tell her what happens in this family. It was striking in its coming into your personal space and staring right at her and walking he didn't right get real, towards her. He didn't her. get really close to her, but yeah, it was enough to be uneasy. Well, he got, yeah, he got close enough that I would have been uneasy because she knows he's singing to her. He's looking right at her. She's the only one there. And they asked him to stop earlier. And now that Wesley's passed out, he's just going to tell her in a song. <laughs> what she's in for then betsy meets mrs rand who was wesley's mother both of their mother yeah yeah both of their mothers but yeah and she tells betsy the fort needs a girl like her and the mom's worried about wesley's drinking yep tries to get her to get wesley to stop drinking she asks betsy to ask paul to remove the whiskey decanter from the dining table and she doesn't think she'll have much influence, but Betsy's like, little old me? Mr. Rand says, Oh, you may have I more can't. influence than you think. Yeah. <laughs> so then Betsy does ask Paul to remove the decanter, and of course he refuses, but 
next scene, they're all having dinner and the decanter ain't there, Karen. <laughs> well, before that, too, there's a scene where Paul is talking to one of the workers and it looks like there's a drought. They're discussing whether it's a drought or whether the rains are late. And then Betsy comes up and starts talking to Paul about Wesley and saying he's not an alcoholic yet, but, you know, he could be. And Paul says, I hired you to take care of my wife, not my brother. They're at dinner and they hear the horn blowing and the drums beating. And Paul says they're asking Dambala for rain because the fields are dry. So Dambala is one of the most important of all the Loa spirits in Haitian voodoo and other African religious traditions. He's generally portrayed as a great white or black serpent. And he's said to be the sky father and the primordial creator of all life. He's used 7,000 coils to form the stars and planets. But he's seen as benevolent and patient, wise and kind, yet detached and removed from the trials and tribulations of daily human life. His very presence brings peace and he represents a continuum which is at once the ancient past and the assurance of the future. He doesn't speak because he's so very old, but may whistle or make soft hissing sounds. He's one of their important gods that they're asking for rain for the sugar cane. Wesley goes to grab the decanter and it's gone from the table. And they begin arguing, Paul and Wesley, about Jessica and specifically. And yeah, she's getting bits and pieces of what happened again. And then, then Paul says, Betsy, I think it's better if I have dinner delivered to your room. Good day. Yes. <laughs> Go to your room. Next, we see Paul playing the piano and Betsy enters. And right here, I wrote, Paul and Betsy make a love connection, question mark. Yeah, they have a tender moment. And he's sorry he ever brought her here. Yes. And he asked her not to discuss the evening again. It's They get kind of close. And then all of a sudden, there's this complete shut off. He, and he makes her leave. They're sort of looking like they're getting cozy. And then it's like, oh, wait, we can't do this. And he kind of pushes her out the door. Then we see Betsy by the rocky shore. Pondering love. Yeah, and she's narrating. And we learn that she loves Paul, but she wants to bring his wife back to him to make him happy. She's Because a she loves him so much. <laughs> right? That's a martyr, right, Karen? She's a martyr? Pretty much, yeah. A love martyr. <laughs> oh, those are the best kind, Karen. <laughs> or the worst, depending on where you are in that. Next, we see Betsy suggesting an insolent treatment to Jessica. It could cure, yes. but it could kill her. <laughs> so they're talking about insulin shock therapy. It's also called insulin coma therapy. It's a form of psychiatric treatment in which patients were given increasingly large doses of insulin in order to induce hypoglycemia, low blood glucose, and coma. Insulin shock therapy was based on the notion that hypoglycemia-induced coma could basically jolt patients out of their psychosis. The approach was largely discredited by the 1960s and is no longer used. Okay. But it was something that people did. Well, she explains that she's basically already dead. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, her quality of life is pretty it's bad. It's already broke. We can't break it anymore. <laughs> well, they can, but... Apparently he agrees. I don't know. That's just a phrase I use at work all the time, Karen. 
It's already broke. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> well, they, they're trying something. It sounds like they nobody's... I don't know how long Jessica's been like this. They didn't really say. They didn't. But at some point, you got to try something, right? Yeah. But she's, and, they're all young. I mean... Yes, they long. are. And I will say Jessica is gorgeous. Very beautiful. She doesn't have any lines. <laughs> she just kind of wanders around like a zombie, but... She's dressed in beautiful clothes. Hair and makeup is done. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. I, at one point, I remember thinking, I think Jessica and Betsy could use a double cheeseburger. Yeah, they're both <laughs> very thin. But anyway, they they, tr they tried to treat Jessica, and it doesn't seem to do any good, but she is still alive. She don't die. And, and Wesley, they have another moment when they're talking about it you know, Paul and Betsy. And then Wesley comes out and, oh, the noble husband and the noble Paul. nurse yeah. are comforting each other. He can see what's going on. Yeah, that, he, thinks, you know, he thinks Paul's in love with Betsy. Yes. And he comes out of the shadows, which was kind of a nice shot because it's he's all he dark. And then he comes in. He just, he'd been listening to them. They didn't say anything that was inappropriate. No. But- Get the feeling that he's always watching from the shadows. Yes, he is. <laughs> Pay attention when you when you talk. Next, we see Alma telling Betsy that the voodoo priest could cure Jessica. That there are better doctors. Well, Betsy comes out into the garden, and they're all fussing over Alma's sister's baby. That's how they get together out there, and then and that's when Alma says there are doctors. And then there are doctors, <laughs> you know, like the good ones. And she says that they could definitely cure Mrs. Holland, Jessica, if they go to the voodoo priest. Because the voodoo priest speaks to the drums and the drums speak to the gods. And here I wrote Mrs. Rand and Betsy discussed voodoo. And I wrote, is Mrs. Rand a nurse? Yeah, that because she's she watching, seemed... she's treating, she's meeting with a child, and then she washes her hands like she's a nurse. But she says she's the wife of a missionary. But she so seems she... very nurse-like to me. She seems nursey. But I think she takes care of some of the, you know, as you could after a certain amount of time. But she kind of chastises the little boy because he goes to church, but he's wearing voodoo packet or what would you call them gree gree probably or something like that that has the powders or whatever the voodoo so he's combining the two so she's basically saying he's got one foot in each realm because he's going to church but he's listening to the voodoo and then they do discuss voodoo because betsy kind of says she wants to take jessica to where do they what do they call it home fort home fort yep H-O-U-M-F-O-R-T, Karen. I didn't know that's how it was spelled, but that's no. how it's spelled. I thought it was home fort, like two words, but it's not home fort. But the mother says- Which it, means it, voodoo temple. Yeah. I looked that up too, now that you say that. It might be dangerous to take her there, dangerous for both of you. She says, these people are primitive. There are things that are natural to them that might shock and horrify you. But- even though the mother says don't do it, she's deciding to do it because she wants to make Paul happy. Then we see Betsy sneaking out with Jessica. Alma gives her directions to the home fort. In a sugar pile, which I thought was kind of nice because they're on a sugar 
sugarcane mm. plantation, basically. I, see, so I didn't she, know. I didn't put that together. I thought it might have been salt. <laughs> no, she poured it out. And she's drawing in the sugar what you're going to find at each thing. You're going to find, you know, take a left at the goat head or whatever. <laughs> and but she does give them um, voodoo patches because when you get to a certain point, the god won't let you won't do you harm if you have these certain patches on. So we see them walking through the sugarcane fields and apparently the patch gets stuck on one of the sugarcane plants and is ripped off of Betsy, but she doesn't notice, but the God lets them pass. Here's where I think it's a little bit horror like, so they're going into the sugarcane field, which is taller than they are. It's very windy. And they take a right at the cow skull. A lot like walking through a cornfield, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. But they... Like children a, of the corn, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cow skull they go past. Or they take a right at the cow skull. They go past the And hanging, it seemed like the wind was blowing through the cow skull, making a tone as well. Yes. It's like they heard it and turned and said, oh, there's the cow skull. <laughs> That's where I need to turn. They go past the hanging goat. They come to a hanging goat. And do you have to they have to like kill a goat every so often so it doesn't like decay. <laughs> right. And doesn't the head doesn't fall off up there? Whatever. All right, go on. But they then they will have to walk past a skull that's buried, a human skull surrounded by stones. So these are the creepy things that they have to go past in order to get where they're going. The drums start speeding up, and then they come to the god who looks like a zombie, right? He's a shirtless yeah. African American guy. Care for, care for is his name. But, yeah. Yes. Betsy has lost her voodoo cloth, but Jessica still has hers. So they walk by unharmed. He's a creepy looking guy. Yeah, his, he eyes is. Are, his eyes are bugged <laughs> out a little bit. And, but, you know. So then they arrive at the home fort and there's I wrote voodoo ritual and dancing going on. Apparently there's a, there's a healing thing going on and the locals... Like put their head against the door. Well, first healed. I want to say these two white women show up at this voodoo ceremony. No well, one she bats has the patch. an eye. There's the patch. No one bats an eye. No one says, "Huh, one of these things." <laughs> Nobody says anything. No. But okay, they're well. So I was like, okay, they're welcoming. It's fine, you know. But there's some dancing. There's some rituals. You don't know if anyone's kind of looks like they're going to hurt people, but they don't. Then it almost looked like you're going to tell what you need from the gods. You walk up to a door that looks like it has a spider web Mm -hmm. carved into it, carved in, and there's a little hole. And then you speak into the hole, kind of like in confession when they tell you tell what your sins are and they tell you how many Hail Marys to do. You know, I I wouldn't know, Karen. I would. (laughs) Lots of Hail Marys. Imagine what I would have to do, Karen. (laughs) You'd still be there, Greg. (laughs) But Betsy goes to the door. Leaving Jessica behind. Well, she's right next to her. I mean, she's not like across the camp or anything. But But then. But she just talks and says, we need your help or whatever. And the door opens and she's pulled in, which didn't happen to anyone else. No. And Jessica's outside. And they pull her in and we see Mrs. Rand is in there. Dun, dun, dun. And she explains that she's been using the voodoo gods and telling the villagers to do what she thinks is best, just like yes. any good Christian. <laughs> so she's impersonating 
voodoo gods to get the villagers to do what she wants them to do. It's approached as they won't take medicines, they won't do certain things, but if they won't boil water so they don't get disease, right. whatever. So they yeah. present it as it's healthier for them to do what she says. But I thought it was a kind of nasty way to do it. It's like the Wizard oh, of Oz. Don't look behind the curtain. That's what they do, Karen. Then outside, Jessica is stabbed with a sword, but she does yes. not bleed. <laughs> nope. She, and she just stands there. She doesn't feel pain no. or anything. Mrs. Rand tells Betsy to take Jessica back to the fort. But now I think all the uh, the locals are intrigued by Jessica. <laughs> yeah, they're a little riled up. So back at the fort, Betsy is confronted by Paul. She explains that she took Jessica to the home fort because she thought they might cure her. And, and she's then, doing it all for Paul. He, yeah. She wants him to be happy. He yeah, wants, he wants, wants to wants... know why. Why would you do this? Why would you try to bring my wife back to me? And he, she says, you know why? You saw it the other night at the piano. Basically, they, you know, profess their love for each other or whatever. And she says, because she loves him so much, she's going to bring his wife back to him. So he can be happy. Yeah, He'd, She'd rather him be happy than her be happy, basically. He's a martyr. Then we see Alma trying to take care of the commissioner's horse, but she's not doing a good job. Betsy walks right in there and takes command of that horse. Just like Caesar Milan, Karen. <laughs> for horses. <laughs> but she's like, what are they talking about in there? Because the commissioner's been there for over an hour. Alma says it's probably not good. No, probably ain't good. Too far away to hear anything, so they yeah. don't have any info. Trouble brewing. Real big trouble. And we hear voodoo drums. And we see Betsy getting Jessica into bed. Paul comes in and tells Betsy that the commissioner is warning them about the locals. They won't stop beating their voodoo drums until they are able to get Jessica back and finish their ritual. And the commissioner wants Jessica sent to St. Thomas. Wesley disagrees. So where's the West Indies? I think it's called the West Indies anymore, is it? Well, that's what they called it. Yeah, I don't I know, know where St. Thomas is. It's in the Caribbean. Right. Is that the West Indies? <laughs> I don't know. I, Craig, I told you, my geography is the worst. According to Wikipedia, it's the Caribbean. So we're going with that. It's still called the West Indies or it is No, it's the called Caribbean. the Caribbean. Yeah, okay. I didn't think it was called the West Indies anymore. And then we're back at the home front. And apparently they're training the zombie guy to go after a blonde-haired white woman. <laughs> yeah, they've a got a doll. doll. Yeah, the doll was there a little earlier. I think they were doing something. They were dressing it to look like Jessica. And now they're teaching the zombie to go and get Jessica and bring her back. Then Paul wants Betsy sent back to Canada. But he does profess his love for her and wants her to go so that he doesn't hurt her. <laughs> yes, now who's being the martyr? I will only treat you horribly. You must leave. <laughs> Even though I love you. <laughs> When someone tells you that, you should listen to them. Yeah, leave. Get out. <laughs> leave. I'm gonna, they're gonna if they admit they're run away horribly. Run, run. away. Yes. <laughs> then we see Betsy sleeping in Jessica's room. I guess keep an eye on her. I don't know. And there's footsteps. And then Betsy gets up and goes to investigate. Yes, somebody shuffles by her. That was I, that always creeps me out, and I don't know why, but that singular mission of just shuffling without 
stopping for anything or seeing anything else. I find that very creepy. That's in other movies and stuff. That zombie movies. Yeah, freaks me out. Well, it's usually the not the zombie movies where they're all attacking to eat brains, but the zombie movies where someone's been resurrected for a specific purpose. It's a singular zombie usually going off to do something and they only have that one job. There are kind of two types of zombies. Probably more than that, Karen. But anyway. Well, well, sure. But the kind where a voodoo person brings you back to life to do their bidding or the ones that have a virus and eat brains. But this zombie comes towards Betsy and she wakes up Paul. And then Mrs. Rand shows up and commands the zombie to go back. And he does. He turns right around and leaves. He listens to her. And Paul tells Mrs. Rand that Betsy is leaving. That's the next day. So we get yeah, to the, the next, next day. day. And Mrs. Rand seems somewhat upset, I wrote. She's disappointed. But everybody's talking like nobody's saying, what do you think of that huge guy that came onto the compound? <laughs> Look like a zombie. No, no discussion of that whatsoever. Just no, oh, Betsy's leaving, and Mrs. Rand's like, oh, why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because a zombie came in. You know, like oh, she's so disappointed. You're not going to stay. I wouldn't stay. True. It's just kind of funny. But then, bang, bang! Doctor Maxwell enters, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "There's going to be an investigation into Jessica's state." And Mrs. Rand explains that Jessica is dead. She is a zombie. She admits to doing it. Yeah, she explains that she was at the home front. And she was there to help the people. And she pretended to be possessed by the voodoo god so she could tell them what to do or some shit. But then it actually happened. She did get possessed. Jessica. And she was just... It's like she was mad because she says Jessica was evil. She wanted to go away with Wesley, that evil woman. <laughs> yes. And he, she asked the gods to make her a zombie. She asked the gods while she was possessed, and she wanted the woman from Fort Holland to turn into a zombie. And she was mad because Jessica was so beautiful that she could take her family and tear it apart. A mother's love, Karen. Tell her younger son to keep it in his pants and we wouldn't have had a problem. I think he kept it in his pants. I think it was that evil woman. Yeah, that's who got turned into the zombie. But so the mother says, I, I did it, raised her hand. But of course, no one believes her. But when she returned, she said, Jessica have a fever. Dr. Maxwell Edison explains that she was tricked by her own imagination that Jessica's disease was explainable. Yeah, it's not your fault. To be a zombie, you have to be first dead or in a coma, he says. Correct? And Jessica was never in either of those. Well, ne never in either of those states is what they say. But So then we're back at the home front, and they're doing a ritual to bring Jessica to them. And she gets up, and she's walking again. And Betsy and Paul try to stop her, but she doesn't. So they lock the gate to keep her in. And Wesley comes and explains that it's the people at the home front bringing her to them. And Paul kind of says, you know, you're buying into all this nonsense. It's nonsense. But then two brothers talk about, well, and we learn that apparently Jessica was in a coma, but they yes. didn't tell anybody. <laughs> right. And 
Paul thinks Wesley's been drinking. So then Wesley tries to get Betsy to kill Jessica. Yes, to free her. To free her. Euthanize her. Yes. And Betsy says that she breathes and her heart beats and she took an oath. She can't do that. Then the voodoo drums beaten. Again, Jessica gets up to leave, but she is stopped by the gate. But now Wesley is out there and he watches and he opens the gate for her to leave. And he pulls an arrow from St. Sebastian and follows her. What's he going to do with that arrow, Karen? It's like he has has intent or something. He has a plan. We cut to the home front and the voodoo doll depicting Jessica is stabbed with a knife by the voodoo man and on the ground. Yes. And then we see Wesley stab Jessica with the arrow and the zombie arrives. So there are a couple scenes that we kind of glossed over that could be a little creepy. So the, at the home fort, they're beating the drums and the voodoo practitioner is using his hands to guide the doll towards him, but there's the drums and the beat. And so it's a little, it's in a little intense. I mean, not for us now, but I'm sure back then, you know, if you hadn't seen many voodoo movies, you would be intimidated by that. So he's motioning for the doll to come to him, which it is on a string and she's coming at the same time. So you're seeing that mind manipulation kind of thing. Then Wesley picks up Jessica's body. And carries her to the sea. And into the sea, Karen. Yes, when the the voodoo guy's following. Yes. The one who is. was commanded to get Jessica is following them. He is, he's following. But he doesn't go into the water. Just the two of them do. I, I kind of got the feeling that he was like making him go into the water, though. It was oh, like was that he was controlling them somehow or controlling oh. Wesley somehow. I thought he was just trying to get Jessica. Because that so, was his his command. Be. But Wesley carries Jessica into the sea. They both fall into the sea. And then the next thing we see is local fishermen finding the bodies, Karen. Yep. They go. And they carry the bodies to the fort. And Betsy and Paul console each other as Mrs. Rand cries. The end. And they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> I know. After they say what a wicked woman jessica was they had to have that voiceover narrator going on about that yeah but paul and betsy just embraced so i wondered why the mother was okay with betsy oh you have more influence than you think and blah 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 because she hated jessica Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize that until (laughs) of course the end oh yeah i turned her into a zombie yeah because jessica was an evil woman karen she's gonna put brother against brother what kind of woman would do that, Karen? I have no idea. I will say I like the salt. Salt rimmed. <laughs> I do. I do like a good salt rim on a margarita. Speaking of which, what did you think of the black margarita, Karen? I enjoyed it. I keep turning the glass so I get a little salt. You still have some left, though. That means you didn't like it very much. It was good. Not a big tequila guy. Yeah, I know. I think it's a great drink for your Halloween party. So check out our recipe. Den has all our recipes, our drink recipes in it. My God, there's like 129 cocktail recipes, Karen. Most of them fitting for Halloween. (laughs) If you can't find a Halloween cocktail in there for your party, we can't help you. But we'll keep (laughs) trying. (laughs) New one every week. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I like this. It's a margarita. 
not a pina colada though. <laughs> I wonder if I could make it in a margarita machine. No, it's good. It's a good cocktail. Anything we learned today, Karen? Oh, we learned about nyctophobia, Dambala, insulin shock therapy, St. Sebastian being the patron saint of athletes. You got your Iron Maiden reference in there. What that just seems, what? I don't know, St. Sebastian, the patron saint of athletes, because that kind of feels like you're comparing like slavery to what it takes to be an athlete, <laughs> which doesn't fly he with was me. A, the patron, he was a <laughs> martyr. He was killed, shot with arrows. What do you mean? Okay. He survived the execution. He's not a slave. He was just a Christian Okay. when it wasn't cool to be a Christian. He's not okay. the patron saint of plantation workers. He's the patron saint of athletes probably now. Like St. Francis is the patron saint of animals or St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes. Okay. Anything else? No, that's it. That's all I got. Got a Beatles reference in too. A couple True. of them. Yep. <laughs> all right. So next film. It's your choice. Ooh, it is, Karen. What Campari drink are you going to pair with it? That's what nope. I can't wait to hear. Nope. Not a Campari drink. I don't think. Let me pull up the recipe just to be sure. <laughs> Here in the film I have chosen is from 1985. Okay. It's called The Reanimator. I thought that was an old one. Is there an old one name with that name? Nope. 1985. And would you like to know why I chose it, Karen? Absolutely. Karen, our next episode comes out October 18th, and The Reanimator was released on October 18th, 1985. Did you see it in the theater? I did not see it in a theater, but I have seen it before. Ugh, it's a black, gross-out comedy. It's so there's fun. lots of gore. It's fun, Karen. Is it? <laughs> I think we talked about it with Dr. Craig. He really liked it. He and his college classmates, I believe he said, were walking past the theater and saw it and decided to go in and watch it. <laughs> and that's why no one will go to the movies with him anymore. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe. And what drink do you have to go with it? Well, thank you for asking, Karen. <laughs> the drink I have found is called the Miskatonic Reviver. Okay. A reanimator-inspired cocktail. We're going to need vodka, melon liqueur, pineapple juice, lime juice, bitters, and tonic water. Okay. Sounds good. It does. So that'll be next week, boys and girls. Anyone you need to thank this week, Karen? As always, I'd like to thank our listeners. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Thank you for spending time with us. What about you, Greg? Who do you need to thank? Once again, I need to thank the band Verse 13 for providing all the music in the Scary Spirits podcast. The music definitely makes the podcast better. Anything else, Karen? Please drink responsibly. Yes. Thanks so much for listening. Want to keep in touch? Check out our website, scaryspirits.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scary Spirits Podcast. Find us on YouTube at Scary Spirits Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at scaryspirits.com. To help us grow the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, we really do appreciate your support. And as always, please drink responsibly. Mm-hmm.